This is Big Red Poker. By the Game Reviews and the Unified Gamers Network, you're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that spent last week lying in bed feeling sorry for himself. Okay, actually, that was just me, uh, your habitual host, Sinanikova, who was lying in bed feeling sorry for himself. Uh, for those who didn't read my post on the site or endured my chronic moaning on Twitter, I've been pretty damn ill with a nasty, rather painful condition called shingles, which uh, proved to be one of a catalogue of reasons for not going ahead with last week's show. Uh, but we'll be from last week's show next week in the next season. Sorry, uh, that topic was sexuality and player characters, and we had a really, really good guest who I won't uh, spoil today. But uh, I'm, we're definitely going to get that show reorganised. As for me, I'm on demand and uh, looking forward to getting on with this week's show. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Joe for this week's show. He's had a few things come up just before we went on air. I'm sure he'll be back next week. So. Uh, on to our guests, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by two very established, effervescent, and entertaining members of the gaming press today. So, it's uh, so a warm welcome back for our first guest, who's been a little under the weather uh, of recent, like myself. But if Zelda's taught us anything, it's that there's nothing like a big red potion to cure your ails, hopefully. So, it's uh, it's Steve Haskey, online editor of Play Magazine. Steve, how's it going? Oh, it's uh, it's, it's going, Sinan, as you uh, as you said, I've been a little <laughs> under the weather, but uh, but... Um, other than that, uh, it's going pretty well, actually. Improving. Um, okay, so on to our second guest. He is a senior editor, blog poster, and critic over at the long-running and always stimulating game critic site. He's also a hardcore Masters of the Universe fan, and lists Final Fantasy X as his second favorite game of all time. So it's my American mirror image, Brad Calloway. <laughs> uh, Brad, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm actually really well, a little sleep-deprived. I'm the proud father of a, a new six-month-old, and so I'm kind of having to rearrange my life and game schedule. But outside of that, I'm doing really well and, and very happy to be here. So, Brad, Steve, and myself will be talking about how games handle modern-day war and conflict and what responsibility developers have when it comes to depicting stories that are ripped from the headlines, like the ones in Modern Warfare 2. And, of course, we're going to be confronting the great big elephant in the room from the off. Uh, what's funny is that when Joe and I actually planned this show back in September, we were obviously keeping it uh, with Modern Warfare, 2, Modern Warfare 2's release uh, date in mind, but we had no idea that the controversy would be there with the no Russian level. Now, I understand some people haven't played that level yet, or the game yet, so I'm going to put a big spoiler warning here because we're going to be talking about it a bit and uh, I actually also know Brad that you're not one of those people who uh, has played it either yeah that's right I uh, we actually had one of our other staff critics handle it and this was before we even you know before I even realized there was a controversy to look into so it wasn't really on my radar it wasn't on my review queue and it kind of you know I was off doing other things when this whole erupted uh, this whole thing erupted. So uh, I have seen the footage, and I have, uh, you know, talked about it endlessly in the last couple of weeks. But no, I actually have not played through the game yet. No. Wow, I, it wasn't even on your review queue at all. Well, no, not at all. Wow. Okay. Um, well, in any case, uh, Brad, like like you're saying, it's talked about it endlessly. It's been hard to to get away from it. It's been everywhere. 
I had it spoiled for me before I started the game. I don't know, Steve, did you manage to play the game without having it spoiled for you? Uh, well, I I, uh, I had read a little bit about it, but I hadn't um, looked into it too much because I didn't want it spoiled, and I was actually able to keep it that way, luckily. Not, not that it really matters that much, but... No, uh, I, I think it's still quite shocking. It was still quite shocking to me, even knowing what was going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's start with, with Brad as the man who in the pod who hasn't played the level. With all the discussion, controversy and stuff that's been going on, how's it actually made you feel about playing the level now? Are you, are you going to? And if you do, do you think you're going to be able to go into it with an open mind? Um, you know, it's funny because, uh, like you said, it, it wasn't on my radar. Modern Warfare 2 was not something I was planning on getting to before uh, next year. It was one of those, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it kind of games. Um, but as soon as the controversy erupted, I was very curious, and I, I wasn't afraid of spoilers since since I wasn't really trying to like save the experience for myself. So I went and just saw it, and I have to say, when I first saw the footage, I was actually quite shocked. I mean, I didn't think that I would be. Uh, and after you know playing so many games and writing so many reviews, uh, people tend to characterize me as being very jaded, and to that I say, you're absolutely right. I don't. There's very much that really gets through my you know hard, crusty exterior. Uh, but I really was taken aback by that stuff. Um, just seeing. The level, I watched it from start to finish, one of the multiple, you know, streams that was available online, and I just was, I was really shocked, but at the same time, I was actually feeling really positive about it, and I don't mean positive in the sense that I like seeing civilians mowed down by gunfire, I was, I was positive in the sense that I was like, wow, this is something that's really current, that's really relevant, that's really going to hit a lot of people, and I think there's a huge opportunity here to really start asking some deeper questions and to start pushing uh, gamers outside of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, I can't really speak to whether or not that actually happened because I haven't played the full game, but I think based on people I've talked to and reactions I've seen, um, I kind of question whether that succeeded, uh, but I am actually really glad that it was attempted. I mean, what do you guys think? I, 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 would, uh, I would agree with Brad, actually. I think that it's a, I think that it's a, good, um, it's a, it's a good thing that Infinity Ward was able to, or had the balls, I guess, to um, to put the level into the game because it really kind of, I mean, it, this this goes with with pretty much what the majority of uh, the 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 gaming press feels like. It, it legitimizes the medium, you know. It it, it does something um, as as Brad would or as Brad did say, um, it puts people outside of their comfort zone a little bit and starts asking questions and. Um, any anything uh, any any way that games can do that, I think, is is probably a positive positive thing. Mm. Did so definitely in terms of theory, an A plus. That for for, for like execution, do you think it it matched the intentions? Execution, I think, is um, well. It's it's kind of it's a it's a little more of a gray area. Uh, I read I read all the uh, the articles that you sent um, before Hanson and and um, you know there's a lot of a lot of different interpretations of what the uh, game is trying to do exactly with the level but I think that in terms of just how it plays it's kind of uh, it's uh, uh, what am I trying to say here. <laughs> um, let me, uh, let me start if over. I can, if I can jump in a little bit, I think I kind of know what you're saying. I mean, well, or, or maybe I don't, but I'll, I'll pretend like I do. Uh, I, one thing that I was really curious about, and, I, and the reason that I really am going to go and play this game a lot sooner than I had previously planned was, I really do want to see how they've implemented it, because although I do support having content 
that pushes boundaries like this, I mean, it really, really does depend on the developer's intentions and how they actually have framed it. I mean, seeing it out of context is pretty horrific. Uh, but when I talk to people who actually played the game, I think most of them said that they really felt like it, it didn't really have the same impact. Like, it didn't make a lot of sense or it didn't really add anything to the discussion. Like, a lot of people I spoke to uh, said that they were kind of confused as to really what, what the point of having it was, um, especially given the fact that players can skip it um, and you can choose to not shoot people. So I, I think that it was a good first step from what I can tell, and I do I do want to see more of this stuff, but, you know, it's I would hesitate to say an A+, just based on the fact that there's been so much mixed reaction to what it was even supposed to accomplish. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of more or less what I was trying to say. Um, I, one, of, one of the articles, actually, that, uh, that, you, uh, that you sent us beforehand, Sin, um, was that editorial about how, um, why, uh, or why games should have more levels like, uh, like, like this one. Um, and there was a very interesting point that the, uh, that the, the author of the editorial made, and that, that was that um, the level itself is actually not very, like from a game design uh, standpoint, it's very basically done, and it's not very uh, interesting per se. And uh, his, his interpretation of it was that maybe Infinity Ward was trying to get players to feel... Uh, Desensitize the way that, in, in, in the way that uh, you are supposed to feel, uh, or I, I, you know, <laughs> the way the way you might feel if, if you were just actually a terrorist mowing down uh, mowing down civilians. Um, and if that's the case, then I think that it's interesting. Um, but if the level is just not very well made, then it's kind of like what Brad was saying. You know, it's 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 a good first effort, but. The execution, to to some extent, leaves something to be desired. I, I guess, if, if I can say that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because certainly, the one of the things he mentioned was the the idea of the other terrorists being very cold and robotic, and whether that was just someone hadn't really thought about putting any animation or design into them, or whether that was an intentional thing that they were just going through this airport, mowing all these civilians in a very unemotional, stoic way. Um, I, I think maybe if you're not able to tell that, then that's a failure on the part of the designer. <laughs> you know, that if, you're, if there's any ambiguity, then that's a bit uh, of a problem. For me, uh, well, not not just for me, for a lot of people, the, the major problem was context with the level that... Uh, that it just... There wasn't enough context within the story for it, that there wasn't enough setup. Uh, maybe that the story, that the storytelling was too poor to really set it up and make it understandable and appreciable, uh, and that in some ways demeaned it, just made you feel like you were killing civilians for for no reason. Was there was there any of that in, in your playthrough, Steve? Did you feel that way at all? I, I did actually kind of feel that way because um, not to not to give away too much um but you know just just before the level starts you're basically briefed on what's going to happen and um and then and then you're just kind of thrown into it and you know maybe maybe if there had been more of a a, a focus on the implementation of of you uh, your character being an, an undercover operative and kind of being put in this situation with with a terrorist group um before you just go 
in and, and do this mission, then it might have made, you know, there might have been a little bit more emotional impact. And um, I don't know. the the other The other interesting thing I think about it is is that kind of going back to what I was saying before, um, you know, the 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 civilians, um, they they don't really. They, even even their reactions seem to be kind of muted as compared to um, as compared to anything that goes on in the rest of the game. I mean, it's it kind of takes me back to uh, Soldier of Fortune two. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys ever played that, but um, the you know it, it was a game that was very hyped up for just the the, the sheer amount of violence and kind of almost. Almost a sadistic uh, level of, of, of torture that you could that you could um, put your enemies through before you killed them, and you know to to that extent there was a lot of uh, you know you could you could throw you could throw knives at an enemy and, and just listen to them scream or something like that, and it was actually you know the, the game the game is was made like I don't know a decade ago or something like that. Uh, it, it's 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 an old game, but it was uh, it was it was very disturbing to play it uh, because. They, the developers really went out of their way to make it a make the violence uh, and and the the suffering that much more horrific, and it seems like that is very muted in um, in the in the no Russian level in modern warfare. It's it's interesting you bring that up because hearing that it's so muted, and you know seeing that it was so muted as well, I, I still am a little puzzled. I have to say, in what the point of it was. I mean, I understand how it functions in the the arc of the story. Um, I mean, there's been tons of discussion about it and, and dissection on it, but I, it seems to me like it was kind of a fumble and it didn't really have a lot of emotional connection for a lot of people. I mean, I think it would have been really interesting if the player had maybe started the game with this group of people, you had gone through a few missions, developed a little bit of rapport for them, or as a player, if you had felt something for your compatriots, uh, and then had, had put the player in this prospect of, okay, well, this is the same group of people that you've been with. These are your buddies, your comrades. And now you're tasked with mowing down these civilians, how does that make you feel? I mean, that to me would have been a much more uh, powerful emotional statement, and it might have had more of a more of a pointed edge to it. I mean, as it stands, it seems like it's... I mean, it seems like it's almost there just to get people riled up, but at the same time, it's not focused enough to really do that either way. I mean, do you guys agree? I, I would certainly agree. I mean, I think it's, it's important to clarify what we mean by context here, because we, I got an email from a, a friend of the show, Karen Fisher, just before we started recording, and he quite clearly pointed out, yeah, the context is there if you really do listen to the to, to the brief uh, discussion from, I think it is, Commander Shepard before the mission, and, and if you've paid attention to the story in the last game, you, there is the context there for why it's happening, but it, like you say, it's not it's it's not that there is that context, it's how it's told, and, how, and, and the fact that really you are thrown, in terms of pacing into this level, it's, it's I think it's the third level in the game is that is that right, Steve? I think it. I think yeah, it's it's. it's I, I think it is the third level. And you know, you've just done two very brief levels, which are very disconnected in terms of what goes on. And then, I, in that way, it feels almost cheap, like shock. It is just in there for shock value. It, whereas I think uh, that that demeans it. That that makes it lose its point for me. I would agree with that. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you guys feel that way because, you know, I, I did play the first uh, Modern Warfare and I've played previous uh, Call of Duty games. And, I, I you know, I have to say nothing against Infinity Ward, but I'm not the biggest fan uh, of their games, especially of their storytelling. I, I think, for me personally, 
I don't think that they uh, really know what they're doing in terms of story. And I know that uh, the previous uh, uh, Modern Warfare got lots of applause and lots of kudos for uh, some aspects of its narrative, but I mean, honestly, I don't think that they really pulled it together in that game, and I'm not at all surprised to hear that most people feel like it didn't come together in this game. So I would, I would love to see a similar attempt uh, made by someone who really puts more of a focus on the actual storytelling, really trying to draw the player into the, the mindset or the emotions of what it must be to either be somebody at the airport or to be the person carrying out the executions, um, you know, to get those questions raised about violence and the nature of violence. I mean, I, w I think it's, it's, the field is ripe for it, and nobody has really done it. I mean, I, I do give uh, praise to Infinity Ward for, for you know, s putting a little toe in the pool, but we need somebody to kind of jump in uh, a little more wholeheartedly, I think. Yeah, I, I, would, I would certainly agree on the, on the thoughts about Infinity Ward storytelling. I think with the first Modern Warfare game, the reason why that got so much accolades was because of its standout, standout moments, which weren't really there because of any great storytelling. They were just so spectacularly delivered. So, and I, uh, spectacle is the word, really. You know, the, the visuals and the sound was just incredible on those, uh, and, and of course, what was happening in those moments. Uh, and, uh, yeah, for goodness sake, you haven't played that game. I'm going to spoil it. You know, the, the, the nuclear missile, and uh, I think maybe someone thought we had to be a bit bigger and better in this second game and uh, maybe that's what led to this being put in I, I, I don't know, maybe that's being a bit too cynical ok so let, let's get to the core of the matter of this discussion uh, many people feel that games talking, you know, featuring war, featuring conflict featuring violence the interactivity of the medium changes the playing field compared to things like movies, films, books and that's why games like Modern Warfare 2 have uh, already garnered such controversy. We've already seen it featured on uh, Fox and Friends in, the, in a rather terrible sequence. But a uh, bit, bit of a broad question, but I think it's a good launching pad for this uh, discussion. Guys, do you feel that interactivity, the interactivity of video games, does that change the playing field for featuring modern conflict compared to other mediums? I think it only changes the playing field as much as um, as much as people are are willing to accept what kind of uh, a medium games are. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing if if uh, obviously because it's interactive, it it does change it just in the fact that you're controlling something or you have some level of control over over what's going on and and if if what's going on is is set in a, a, you know, current context, per se, um, then it, you know, it, 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 it changes, um, it changes how, how you take it in rather than just, you know, taking it in passively as, as in, as in a film or something. But, um, I think that trying to tiptoe around, uh, things that, that, that are topical isn't really the answer um, because that just leaves games in a place where we're never going to get past uh, the stigma of, or not even the stigma but just you know people people just thinking that games are all about uh, you know just mindless action and, and you know a, a very a very certain kind of narrow, uh, narrative or or game design approach. 
And I mean, that's, it's a pretty broad answer, but I, I think I think it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I can think of lots of different ways to answer this, um, but I'll take like I think just I guess you know like uh, Steve said the most broad, but. Um, I don't think that games have any particular uh, responsibility because they are interactive. I mean, you know, that's the difference between games as opposed to books or films or whatnot. But I don't think it really matters. I mean, you know, these games, they're not, uh, well, except maybe in the case of America's Army. I mean, they're not training simulators. They're not vehicles for political messages to get out. I mean, they are the, the product of a group of creators. And although they, they have the potential for delivering political messages, I mean, they are just like any other form of media. I mean, you have to be aware of what it is that you're consuming. You have to know who's making it. You have to kind of look beneath the surface to see what their intent is. I mean, it's it's like anything. I mean, it's, it's no different than someone trying to sell you Coke by having characters in a sitcom drink Coke. Or it's, you know, no different than trying to uh, convince someone to be green by having a main character in a story be very green. I mean, you know, people can do whatever they want. I mean, I think that games are are as open and should be as open as any other form of uh, communication or expression. Um, and I don't think that there is any inherent extra responsibility on the part of game developers simply for the fact that they are interactive. I don't, uh, I don't buy into that at all. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough in a kind of sort of idealistic sense. But if we get into kind of realism of it and we look at something like Call of Duty where you have achievements for killing a number of people in one go or you know you most people are playing the multiplayer version of this game rather than the single player because they just want to kill their friends uh, I mean it, when it comes down to it are, are game developers really how to put this in, the, in without putting words into your mouth are, are game developers sticking to that, to that? You know, idealism. Are they approaching it, uh, the the idea in an artistic sense? And I guess we are talking about Infinity Ward, really, because they they are the forefront developer here of, of World War games or, or, and modern conflict games. Are they are they approaching it in a with any kind of responsibility? And if they're not, is it to the detriment of the game? Well, if I can follow up on that really quickly before either one of us answers, I want to. I guess I want to ask. What kind of responsibility are you referring to? I mean, I, I need a little bit of clarification on that because I, there's, I think, several different levels that you could approach this on. Um, but in your mind, when you ask the question, what kind of responsibility do you mean? So that is an interesting question. Okay, to start on a basic level, do we, do we all agree that uh, it's not just adults playing this game at the moment? Oh, yeah, but sh certainly, yeah. certainly. Okay. Absolutely. So, on a, on a, and this is not, I'm not saying it's necessarily the developer's responsibility i'm saying there's a responsibility somewhere that we should be aware kids are playing this game uh and we know that a lot of the sales in this game are coming from kids i, I think if you know if we're realistic about this have i mean what two three million of those 30 million copies must have gone to people under the age of 18 so we know this game is being played by people of an impressionable age uh is there not, I would say there's some responsibility in that to start off with before you get into anything deeper. Oh, well, that's a very easy one to answer. I mean, that responsibility solely lies on the parents. I mean, you can't, you can't take Infinity Ward to task for having a parent buy a game that's been rated as inappropriate for someone who's under 18. I mean, you know, if you follow that argument, you know, further down, I mean, you could, you know, take porn producers to task because people under 18 watch porn, or you could take Smith & Wesson to task because people under 18 have guns. I mean, you can't really 
hold Infinity Ward or any other developer, uh, you know, up to the fire because someone has gotten a game that is, you know, been rated inappropriate for them. I mean, I, I saw the news uh, when uh, Modern Warfare launched. I mean, the news stations near my area were covering it all the time. And there was plenty of parents in line uh, who were there to simply provide ID and to be someone who was over 18 to buy this game for their kids. And as a father of two myself, I mean, I thought that was completely appalling. I mean, I... <laughs> I support all kinds of games, and I am not one for censorship, but I was disgusted that parents would buy this game for their kids, uh, you know, based on my own personal morals. I mean, if some parents think that's appropriate for their kids, that's their business. But I think in that sense, the sense of responsibility that you've raised, I think it's, it's squarely on the parents. I don't think Infinity Ward has any responsibility at all in that sense. I, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> okay, well, my argument would be that, I, fair enough, except I think maybe the game is aimed at... Uh, people under 18 I think that it there's an argument that uh, through things like the multiplayer achievements uh, just some bad scripting and, and generally the way it's been advertised there is an element of glorification of even if there's you know you put in these uh, messages of war is so terrible and you you have all these uh, grey areas there's still quite a lot of glorification of being in the army and being a soldier in Call of Duty and the name even implies that there's this glorification there and uh, it's done in it's delivered in such a unsubtle way and such a uh, immature way at times that it feels like it can't be aimed at anyone except uh, the under 18s and that just again going to the trailers there is I don't know maybe it's just me but it doesn't feel like that trailer's aimed at, at anyone above the age of 18 it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for me. And I, I, but I think maybe you're just too sophisticated, sir. Uh, I think you're overestimating the audience, perhaps. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, is, it, is it fair to say that, that the game might is aimed at uh, over-18s, or, or is it aimed at a more broader audience without, putting, well, I without mean, accusing Infinity War too much? Well, I mean, uh, Call of Duty is is one of, if not, well, it, yeah, it's 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 one of Activision's biggest uh, biggest franchises, and um, you know they they make a lot of money from every game, and it's not just obviously it's not just Infinity Ward, um, but so so they obviously want to target the the game to a, 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 a as as broad an audience as possible, and. It, whether or not that's uh, that's ethical per se, I, I that's a that's another discussion. I would say probably isn't, but I mean that's that's uh, you know if if you talk about the the ad campaign um, for the game or really uh, for for any of the games, uh, actually it reminds me of um, uh, the the ad campaign for World at War, which I thought was uh, pretty tasteless to be honest. Um, I mean I played a lot of World War II games as I'm sure we all have, uh, but the that the the way that they were just totally playing up the um, the graphic nature of, of of these conflicts and and how it was World War II in like the most extreme way that you could or th that anyone had ever seen um, it was very I I didn't think it was appropriate at all uh, for the game but I can I can definitely see sin in uh, what you were saying about how that that could make the game um, feel like it was more geared towards um, a, a younger audience. Although the game itself, I mean, it was, 
if, if I hadn't seen those ad campaigns, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's just a matter of perspective, I guess. Yeah, well, that reminds me very much of the whole, uh, you know, Joe Camel advertisements here in the States, you know, where the Joe Camel, you know, was a cartoonish character, which I guess was intentionally designed to appeal to kids to sell cigarettes or, you know, the way that some of these gene companies have, you know, half naked 16 year old models, which are obviously, you know, designed uh, to appeal to younger people. I mean, that said, I mean, that's that's just kind of the evils of advertising. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah, that's, like you said, Steve, maybe issue. maybe act. Yeah, I think it's kind of a different issue about how you market towards society, what society sees as acceptable and what's what's not acceptable in terms of appealing to young people who are obviously so impressionable. Um, but even with that said, I still feel that both Activision and Infinity Ward are, are kind of off the hook because really when you get down to it, I mean, who who is who's watching these children who are playing these games, you know? I mean, obviously kids are playing it, like you said. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But where are the moms? Where are the dads? I mean, they are the ones who are ultimately responsible for making sure their kids are exposed to whatever it is they're exposed to. I mean, if there's something inappropriate in those games, which I would say there probably very much is, uh, you know, they're the ones who are tasked with raising these children. I mean, we can't really hold ad agencies and, and uh, you know, conglomerates uh, up to the uh, standard of raising our kids. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do because they're following the almighty dollar. Uh, but if you really care about your kids and if you really want to, you know, instill a sense of appropriate social responsibility. I mean, that's up to the mom and dad. I mean, nobody else can really take that on. Um, Brad, just let me uh, uh, qualify real quick. I 100% uh, I agree with you. I was just uh, bringing that up to, or bringing, bringing my points up to exactly uh, emphasize the point that they are just following the, the, the almighty dollar. Oh, yeah, I think we're, I think we're kind of on the same page. Uh, Sinan, do you disagree? <laughs> I don't really disagree. Um, <laughs> I mean, what I, I, I think you're both right that this is a bit of a different, a slightly different discussion. But what I would say is that while I completely agree that parents have responsibility, I, I went to the Eurogamer Expo uh, a couple of weeks ago and watched uh, uh, a kid of maybe maybe 10, 11 years old play Assassin's Creed 2. And, uh, you know, fine, the dad was letting the kid play, and I was kind of going, that's a bit wrong. But so was the uh, PR guy. So, you know, and so was I. So, <laughs> you know, there were quite a few of us at fault there, letting this uh, kid play Assassin's Creed 2. And, uh, God, he did some pretty brutal stuff. But, uh, you know, I I think that is a, a separate discussion. To get back to that question, then, of where the responsibility, who, where, yeah, who uh, Infinity would have responsibility or who Activision have responsibility to. What about the people serving in the conflicts that are being depicted? Uh, and, and the people who are suffering the victims of the conflict? So, say with Modern Warfare, which was quite obviously about the war in Iraq, what about the millions of people who are dying in Iraq and uh, how the game doesn't quite seem to say, underline the reasons for why you're going into war with this this unnamed country uh, I would say that maybe there's a responsibility there that's not being uh, live, uh, not being well even being uh, the developers even aware of in, to some extent in, in that in that game I don't know what you guys think but uh, speaking as a British Iraqi I was a bit appalled by how that game related to the Iraq war so when you say responsibility in this case and you're talking about like a, a uh, responsibility on the part of the developers to kind of show both sides, as it were? I think so. I think that that maybe uh, oversimplifies, but I think that that certainly is, is a good way of looking at it. Um, I mean, I, I think 
to put it another way, that game was so obviously based on the Iraq War, but never ever uh, acknowledged it. And I think that's a pretty bad starting <laughs> base. And I, I applaud Infinity Ward for Modern Warfare to at least start his name countries. It's a good start, but uh, uh, it was still a for me a, it, with the first game in particular, just a bit shocking to to see real a real neglect of uh, keeping to the headlines and keeping true to what they were trying to depict. Well, I guess that's a it's a debate on on. Um how much of the game is uh, so, uh, social commentary or political commentary, and how much is uh, how much is their own narrative that they're trying to that, that they're trying to build? Because, I mean, obviously, um, both Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two are uh, ha have topical issues to them. Particularly, I would say the first game. If I can jump in real quick, I mean, I think I see what you're saying, uh, Sinan. And I mean, the thing that I would say first off is that these games are are not political commentary. I think it's pretty obvious that neither Infinity Ward nor Activision has any agenda of bringing a social message or trying to, uh, you know, get the word out on a, on a particular stance in, in that conflict. I mean, I did play through the first uh, Modern Warfare. And, I, you know, I mean, it seemed to me pretty uh, mercenary that they were just picking this setting, which, like you said, obviously was Iraq simply because that's what is on people's minds uh, here in the States and elsewhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's topical, it's right now, and of course people are going to pay attention to it. But past that, I mean, what they're doing is they're just putting out a product, you know, meant for entertainment. I mean, they're not really trying to portray one side or the other. I mean, outside of the, the typical, you know, yay us, we're the good guys flag, which every other game in the world uh, portrays too. Uh, I mean, I think it would have been really bold and really, uh, really noteworthy if they had you know, portrayed both sides. Maybe you play half the missions as, uh, you know, this, this faux Iraqi or wherever country it was supposed to be in, and you play the other half as Americans, and you can kind of weigh each side's conflict against the other. I mean, that would have been pretty deep and significant, but of course that's not the route they took. Um, do I think that that is a quality product that's really worth people's time that really we should pay attention to? No, not really. I mean, I don't think a lot of shooters really tempt that. Um, but then again, it's just a shooter. I mean, I don't think we, we, it's really fair for us to say, you're making a shooter based on current events, you need to have some kind of substance. I mean, the substance in that game was a shooting, and that's all they were about. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't feel quite uh, comfortable enough saying that there should have been an accurate portrayal. Would I ethically have liked to have seen it? Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, that's I never expected it, and I don't think that we actually have a right to expect that. It's, it's interesting that... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I feel that maybe just saying it's just a shooter is... is doing the game a disservice and doing the war a disservice um, in that the game certainly I just feel like from my standpoint and maybe I am completely biased on this maybe it is too close to home for me but uh, I felt that it was like, like you both said it was obviously the Iraq war that was being referred to or twisted in this game uh, and the fact that it's a game and I, I I think maybe this is over distilling it to its core in some way uh, but to get back to what you're saying Brad this idea of you know it's good guys uh, versus the bad guys heroes whatever there's that maybe that's the problem here they, uh, it, trying to refer to something like which has got so, so, so many facets to it so much politic, politics to it so much more to it than good good guys versus bad guys no matter how much you know what George Bush will try to say uh, you know to to to, the, to that in a game and I 
I just think maybe at the moment gaming is too much about being the good guys versus the bad guys. And uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare didn't do enough to make me to convince me that it was respectful that of, of the war not being between good guys and bad guys. That that's maybe where I'm coming from in, in this in this uh, debate. I think you're probably expecting. Uh, too, too too much. I think you're expecting, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think you're absolutely right to expect that, and I totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I wish more games would take that approach. I, I guess I'm just being kind of uh, pessimistic or maybe pragmatic when I say that you know I think expecting a studio like Infinity Ward or a franchise like Call of Duty to deliver that kind of commentary to me, I would never expect that because I would expect lowest common denominator shooting, which to me seems like basically what's get, what gets delivered. Uh, I, I would look to some other smaller studios or more independent and edgy studios to kind of bring up those questions, and they probably would bring them up in a more roundabout way. I mean, I definitely am not a supporter of the, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys and we can kill them with impunity because that's the way of the world. I, I'm not a fan of that, and I don't really support it. I don't think it brings much value, so I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm rubber stamping it because I'm not, but at the same time, I, you know, it seems really, really obvious to me that this is just a product meant to play off of people's fears and insecurities, and it sold a million, billion, jillion copies. I mean, that was the point. I mean, it was that at no point did anybody in Infinity War or Activision, I'm sure, say, you know, we got to really address the Iraq War. We got to talk about this in a fair and balanced way. Um, we got to really bring some information to the masses. No, it was like, how can we get more explosions? What's a really good set piece? You know, what can we do to get more bang for the buck? I mean, it, it's kind of like a you know, it's kind of like asking a, a duck to cluck. I mean, you think it might be able to do that because it's a bird, but it's just totally the wrong bird. You know, you got to find a chicken for that. Horrible analogy. I'm... I apologize for that. But... <laughs> Actually, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting analogy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I think I, I'm, I'm actually somewhere uh, somewhere between uh, you both both of you guys' uh, opinions um, about about Call of Duty, um, or, or you know, about about the direction that modern warfare has has taken, um, or Infinity War has taken with with the with the series in the last couple of years. I mean, on the one hand, Brad, I think you're absolutely right, and it is, for for the most part, lowest common denominator shooting, and I mean, it, as 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 good as the game is, because it's very well made, but you know, it's 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 a popcorn game in in some respects, but at the same time, I think that having having uh, topical elements to it is kind of, as, as you pointed out earlier, sort of a, a way to have the developer dip their toe in, into the into the, the the pool of saying, "Hey, let's let's do something that actually matters," or, or you know, let's let's talk about something that actually matters, even if that's not what the the main point is that they're addressing, I guess. It's interesting you use that term popcorn, uh, popcorn, Steve, because I, I, when I wrote about uh, my my sort of personal feelings about modern warfare, I did kind of say once I got past all of that, once I just said if you stop thinking about that, it is a fantastic popcorn shooter, uh, you know, <laughs> and modern warfare two is as well. Uh, if you get past the terrible storytelling and the most ridiculous plots I've seen in the game for some time. Uh, there's a very good shooter in there. My problem with saying that uh, it's just a shooter and that we're expecting too much from a developer and, and things like that is that uh, okay, yes, it is uh, just about a shooting, but the images are quite convincing. Uh, 
and uh, you know some of the scenes in that in both games are with to use a bit of a bad word quite visceral uh, there's there's certainly a lot going on and uh, some things are quite shocking and some of the things you do are quite shocking beyond the no Russian level uh, and certainly you know the opening of modern warfare is one of the most uh, brutal shocking openings I've seen to it um, I think the problem is that if we go, if we if we make it more super a more super uh, superficial discussion, sorry, uh, and just look at it, so this is a game depicting images that remind people of the Iraq War. Then I start. I, I think you can't shy away from the fact that it, it it's related to the Iraq War. You can't just say you're expecting some uh, someone to do too much because they're trying to, and there's in that way there's a problem you know the very fact that they're trying to and not succeeding to me make, makes me think there's a problem I would agree with that actually um, I think that it's uh, it isn't I mean you know if, if you're going to if you're going to take something topical then you have to it, it, there, there is a little bit of a, a responsibility to to say something about it I mean because if, if you just take a topical um, event or or um, you know whatever, then and and then you don't do anything with it as, in some respects, I would say Call of Duty has 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 done, um, or or rather you just take it in a, a like a, a fictional direction, um, then it does the the point does kind of get lost, so I, I would agree with you on that point, Sam. It's like I want to agree with you guys. I think that you guys are essentially correct. I think I maybe just too too cynical um, about the way that games are produced these days. And, and, and not even just games. I mean, I don't mean to point the finger only at Activision and Infinity Ward. I mean, there's lots of games out there which really had the potential uh, to, to bring an interesting discussion to the table in the form of gameplay. Uh, but, you know, just like games, just like books, just like art, just like TV shows, I mean, there, it's, it's very common to have a people take something that is an issue that is on people's minds and simply use it as a cash-in point, you know, because they know it's going to get people watching it. It's going to get people playing. It. It's going to get people reading it. And you know, I, although ethically and and morally, I think that maybe I would agree with you guys in saying that they do have a responsibility. Um, you know, looking at it from more of a free speech angle, um, and I, you know, I, I kind of hate to go there, but you know, you can't really expect people to do the right thing. I guess is what I'm saying. And I, it sounds like you know, if you expect people to do the right thing, you're going to be disappointed. So if they do the right thing, great, and I will support that 100%. And if they don't, well, I guess I'm just not surprised. I yeah, I I feel the same way, Brad. Actually, um, I'm always, <laughs> I have I have discussions about uh, games as as as, as a uh, legitimate medium a lot actually with um, with people in the industry or people that I know or whatever, um, and. I, you know, there's there's been a Hollywoodization of of the, of the industry in the past decade that has led to um, kind of a, a very narrow perspective on what games can and can't be, and and so you know, I, I as much as I would like to see a, a political commentary on something, um, something, some current issue that's important, uh, I I don't particularly expected either i mean i think that it's it's interesting that infinity war is even kind of bringing the discussion to the table if you can say that uh but uh i i wish i wish that there was more 
And I know that it's silly to think that because most people don't care. suffer from video game itis? This is a condition affecting thousands of gamers who sell their games for next to nothing and buy them for way too much. You are not alone. Help is out there. Gamers using PlaySwitch.com now experience the freedom to name their own prices when buying and selling their used games. They take advantage of online postage, listen to our video game podcast, and visit a game market where they can see all the buyers and sellers of the games they're interested in. Use the code IWAFG when you sign up for a free account, and we'll give you five free Switch Bucks to get started. Don't wait. You don't need to suffer with used video game itis any longer. PlaySwitch.com, the smarter way to play. Little something for everyone. From the serious analysis of Big Red Potion to the firm but well informed GamerDork UK. GamerDork, 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 GamerDork. Find like minded comment. Keep your hobby alive. Game Vargas to help keep your hobby alive. Was one of the best and friendliest communities on the internet. And if you're one of us mature gamers. Find like-minded comment. say it's necessarily the wrong time i would just say that most of the audience probably doesn't care to listen because um you know like i say it's the it's the hollywoodization of, of, of the medium that's been happening as games have gotten more and more cinematic not only have 
they gotten shorter uh, than than games of like a, even just a couple console generations ago. Um, but it's also you know just entertainment. You know how much shit can we blow up, etc. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And I, I definitely think that you're onto something when you say that it's about people not listening. I mean, I certainly think that games uh, today, even even prior to today, you know, in generations past, games are capable of, of tackling those kinds of discussions, bringing those kind of issues. And in fact, I think they're actually better suited to it than a lot of other mediums simply because they do involve the player's action. They have to engage the player. The player has to actually partake of something in order to you know get the desired effect and that's a really fantastic way of teaching people and of informing people and of getting their eyes to open um, but you know I think the simple fact is that you know uh, like Steve says I mean there's a huge portion of the games audience that simply does not care I mean you know we're lucky to get a 50 percent turnout at uh, voter polls here in America and it's not at all surprising to hear that a lot of gamers do not want any kind of political message do not want to be enlightened in any way through their games I mean I think that a lot of people especially indie developers um, really try to tackle those kinds of questions and they can't get funding because uh, you know publishers know that that's not what people want they can't really get their games out on a, a wide distribution because you know who's gonna buy it I mean the, the people who would be interested in exploring those questions are us it's like us three and maybe three or four other guys somewhere else who really care about games like this <laughs> and the majority of people like you know like Steve says they want their popcorn they want their big bangs they want that kind of stuff um, so I, I, I don't at all think it has anything to do with the medium itself in terms of what it can deliver and what it can do. I think it's just uh, the audience. I think if the audience is there, then those games will materialize. And in fact, they're already there. They're just being ignored right now. Right. I mean, you're, we're kind of referring here to, to two cancelled projects, really, that, have, that uh, kind of occurred over the last few years. Things like uh, Six Days in Fallujah, which sounded really interesting but uh, never quite made it after so much controversy and Konami pulling the funding. I mean, how do you think something like... It's a, it's a very hypothetical question, guys, but how, how do you think something like Six Days in Fallujah would have gone down with uh, the audience at large? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, that was one uh, that I was actually very, very interested in. Um, I don't uh, specialize in doing shooters at our site, uh, but that was one that really grabbed my attention because the developers from the get-go said that they were really trying to get it very authentic, you know, really to show what a, a soldier, an American soldier's uh, perspective in in that situation would be, you know. And they and they said a few times it was almost more akin to survival horror than it was to a shooting game. Well, I mean, to me that was great. I mean, I I, I thought that was tons of potential, tons of interesting, uh, you know, subject matter that could be mined. And of course, you know, it died died a painful, horrible death. I mean, it barely even got out of the gate. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty powerful commentary about the audience right now. If the audience was there, that game absolutely would have been made. But, you know, nobody was willing to risk bad sales because, again, it boils down to an economic decision and not a political one. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I was also really disappointed that Six Days in Fallujah didn't get made um, because it did sound like it was going to do something different and it wasn't going to be just like every other shooter. But, you know... Like, like Brad was saying, um, publishers don't want to take risks on things that they know aren't going to sell that well or probably aren't going to sell that well. They want, they want guarantees. That's why we see so many you know, sequels and, 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 and whatnot in this, in this industry. I mean, again, it's just like Hollywood, um, which is sad. It's, it's, kind of, it's, a, it's a sad commentary on, on how uh, the, the majority of gamers seem to be perfectly content to just have the same thing all the time. Yeah, you know, and just to kind of piggyback on that, I mean, just to, 
to talk about kind of the disappointing state of the audience right now, I've, I've heard accounts and I've talked to a couple of people who played the no Russian level and a couple of them said, I didn't even realize I was shooting civilians until I was halfway through it or until no I was done way. with it. And people were like, oh, it was just like any other level. And, and some people even, you know, thought it was funny. I mean, if, if that's the kind of audience that they're selling to, is it any wonder that we don't get any deep probing political questions? I mean, if you can get half that level and not even realize that you're shooting civilians or that you're not doing something that's their traditional fare, well, then, you know, that's, that says something pretty powerful right there. It certainly does. That's disturbing. Gosh, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, this is the thing. You know, at the end of the day, like you both both are saying, video games are a business. So when something like No Russian comes along, can we really expect anyone to really look at it as art? Which is what I think the worthy intentions of the developer to to make a statement with that level. Uh, you know, is that maybe asking too much from the Call of Duty audience at this stage? I, I, I guess I, I think I know what you guys' answers are, but I'm just interested to see what you thought about people's responses at large that level, not just the, the guys who you were talking about, Brad, who were very, dis, very, very disturbing, but uh, people at large, <laughs> what, 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 what were their responses? I don't think they'd, they'd, they'd really care one way or the other, most of them, um, because, I mean, one thing that's always baffled me about, about Call of Duty, at least since Modern Warfare uh, offshoot started, um, was that you have these these games that are obviously, you know, They've, the developers have really taken their time with the with the process of, of getting the game polished, and they obviously have really big budgets. And no one plays the single player campaigns; they're they're all just playing multiplayer. Um, even though a single player campaign is, is is where you know a vast majority, I would say, of, of of the budget for the game goes. Yeah, you know it's. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give Infinity Ward the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I kind of wonder why they would even take the risk because obviously with no Russian or without, this game was going to be like the 900 pounds gorilla of fourth quarter. There was really no other game out there that was going to stand up to this game. So everybody knew it was going to sell. And I think although I, you know, I I'm trying to say this with a straight face and I'm going to really try my best, but I'm going to say that I, I'm going to give them the credit and say that they were really trying to do something uh, you know, maybe not artistic, but they were trying to make some kind of a political statement in adding this segment to a game, which in any other circumstance was still going to be the number one seller. I mean, it, regardless, it did sell, but I think they were risking uh, lost sales with controversy uh, that this could have and did stir up, and they did it anyway. So I, in this case, even though it may not have come off the best way possible and maybe it didn't have the effect that they thought it might, I, will, I would like to believe that they, they meant well in putting it there, and so that's... That's what I'll tell myself, anyway. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, um, I'd like to think the same thing. Actually, I mean, I think that not enough developers are willing to take those kind of risks, and not enough publishers are willing to let the let the developers do that, even if it was, as I think we all agree, kind of a fumble. Um, it still shows courage that they that they left it in the game at all, um, and. I applaud them for it. Well, well uh, one writer who didn't give Infinity Ward the benefit of that was uh, Tom Chick, who is ever the source of controversy himself. But he said uh, in a piece for his uh, his own site, Fidget, that the uh, the No Russian level was unnecessary, cheap, and disgusting. It was exactly what he'd expect from a company that has lost track of the line between controversy and poor taste. A company who doesn't think that fag jokes, uh, referring to that uh, ill-fated and rather 
distasteful yeah. advertisement campaign uh, aren't a good idea. A company whose success doesn't seem to have instilled in them any sense of responsibility. In other words, move over Rockstar, there's a new enfant terrible in town to embarrass and shame us all. What do you guys think of uh, Tom Chick's views? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, okay, so like I said, I was trying to keep a straight face in making my last statement. I think if I was to take my mask off, my feeling would probably be a lot closer to what he said, uh, but I, I really want to give them the benefit of the doubt, so I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the other side for now. Fair enough. How about I'm, you, Steve? <laughs> I'm actually going to stick more or less with, with what I originally said, although um, I, well, I, I don't know, I just... It, you, you got to do a lot to try and to try and be the new rock star, honestly. <laughs> and I, I, I think that uh, whatever whatever Infinity Ward's uh, intentions were with the no Russian level, uh, it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a controversy, but it's not not that much of a controversy. I, I think it, I it's would, really. I'll say you got oh, okay. oh, okay. I, I was just going to say, I really wish that we could have uh, been privy to the the development phase, I mean, obviously now that the game is out and people have reacted to it, they're going to spin, you know, their original intentions whichever way suits them. But I really would have liked to know what their intention was. I mean, did they really take this risk because they knew they had a blockbuster game? Were they really trying to put a couple ounces of, of social commentary in it? Or is it like Tom Chick said, were they, were they just out there to make more of a splash? I mean, were they really trying to get some of that ugly repercussion to drum up sales? I mean, we, we really can't know. And trying to guess what people's intentions are is a pretty slippery slope, but um, you know, maybe someday the truth will come out and someone will, will unabashedly say, oh, it was, it was this way. This was our intention. But I don't know. It's just it's, it's too hard to call right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's easy to be very cynical when you've got Activision involved and, and uh, speculate on what the intentions really were. Um, I mean, we certainly know that they knew it was a big deal by the fact they put in the, uh, the whole thing of being able to skip the level, which I think is, uh, I don't know what, what you guys felt, but I thought that was a very timid decision, uh, to be honest. I thought it was a timid decision too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was, it was, it was pointless. Why put the scene in if you let people skip it? I think that 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 choice to let people skip it more than anything else really undercut the whole artistic argument for me personally. But yeah, I agree. It was kind of a bad move to let people jump over it. It seems to me like that that might have been a last minute um, kind of cave in to to uh, media pressure. But I mean, I don't know. It's just speculation. I can certainly, certainly imagine that happening at the uh, 13th hour, certainly. Um, in terms of uh, Call of Duty being such a, a multiplayer-focused game, do you think having multiplayer in a, in a game like Call of Duty, which is trying, even if it fails, it is trying to tell a story about a, a modern conflict, all the terrible things that go on in this modern conflict, all the, all the death, all the trials and tribulations, do you think that can ever... Do you think it's right for that to coexist alongside a multiplayer experience? Which I'm not—I'm going to put it out there. I think it demeans the whole thing. I don't know what you guys think. I think it dilutes the message personally. But I mean, if you look at Call of Duty, say, or you know, if if, if you look at people that, that play Call of Duty, they're—they're they're all just—or not all of them, but the the vast majority are just playing the multiplayer. And single player is is an afterthought if it's even attempted. Um, you know, for the for whoever plays it. Oh yeah, totally agree. I mean, most of the people I talk to haven't even played through uh, the campaign. They they put it in their 360 or their PS3 or whatnot, and they went straight to multiplayer. Um, 
And and honestly, I think the Call of Duty's success is based on multiplayer. I don't think it's really based on the story. I mean, their story, their campaigns are very short. They're very on rails. They're very scripted. Um, and they don't really take a lot of risks. I mean, apart from this no Russian incident. But, uh, you know, I, are they really putting the story out there as the main selling point? No, I don't think so. I think it's more a concession to traditional game design that they're not quite ready to abandon yet. So if they actually did have a quality story that was being told, I don't think that multiplayer necessarily dilutes that. Uh, but given this particular instance, I think it's more about the multiplayer than anything else. I would kind of question how much story there really is, and especially given the quality of the overall plot. I think that's a, it's a good point that maybe it's, it's more to do with the, what the audience wants and rather than any failures on the developer. Because I've, you know, I, I don't think that there's an argument that the effort wasn't put into the single player. I mean, uh, maybe I, I, I disagree with the content and how it's delivered, blah, 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 but I think the effort's there. Um, there's certainly a lot of effort put into the into the set pieces in that game. So, I, yeah, I, uh, I I'm not sure really uh, what to what to make of the whole multiplayer thing. But uh, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it, if they took it away, the game just wouldn't wouldn't sell. Um, one thing to get to get back to just very briefly before we close the show, we I think you briefly mentioned it, Brad. America's Army. We've been talking about a game with political intentions that isn't there and, and well this game definitely has political intentions I'd be really interested to get your guys thoughts on uh, to get you guys uh, thoughts on America, America's Army for people who don't know it it's pretty much a, a promotional game for the army I don't think there's a better way to describe it than that it pretty much is a, a way to train people to be in uh, the US Army I mean, is there? Does this game have the right to exist? Yes. Do I do I think that this game should not be out and it should not be available? No. I mean, I, I can't argue against it. But from a personal perspective, I do find it pretty disgusting. I don't like it. I I take real issue with the fact that it's basically like you said. It's it's like a recruiting tool, a recruiting slash training tool for people to uh, go into the army. I mean, it's no secret that the army itself uses first person shooters to train their soldiers. It's been proven to be a very effective method of training soldiers. And so this is just, you know, t this taking that same concept and, and mass marketing it. So ethically on, on a personal, level, I'm not talking about a critical or, you know, like a, like my, an empirical stance. I'm just saying for me personally, I think it's really disgusting and I don't like it at all. And I really, I would be horrified to come home and find my, my son, either of my sons playing this game and like buying, buying into it and drinking the Kool-Aid and going along with the whole, yo, Joe, we're American, we kick ass kind of thing. I mean, that would really, that would really be pretty horrific. <laughs> um, but in terms of does it have the right to exist? Yes, it does. I don't, I don't think it needs to be banned or anything like that, but uh, I, I'm not in favor of it personally. Uh, Steve? Brad, I agree with you um, completely. I think that it's it's really just an example of um, kind of advertising using emotional capital. Um, you know, it's 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 no different from when you go to the movie theater and you see an advertisement for uh, for Coke, um, and it is supposed to instill you with with whatever kind of emotion the the the, the advertisement is. Is 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 going for, and then you have you you have that connection, or at least the, the advertisers hope you have that connection with it, and you remember the product. Uh, you know, it's it it really isn't any different. It's just a it's just a game that is advertising for the army, like 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 Sin and said. Um, I so I, I don't think that 
I don't think that it's a, it's it's a good thing that it's around, but advertising is unstoppable. <laughs> so there there's really nothing you can do about it. At least we can take solace in the fact that um, brand uh, brand managed products that that aren't their own entity per se. Usually, you know, most of the pub most of the general public with with half a brain cell doesn't doesn't care about them and they don't catch on. It's not like we're going to be seeing some big some big developer being contracted for uh, for an America's Army game anytime soon. At least I would really really be surprised if we did. What do you guys say to the statement that uh, Call of Duty is a better recruiting tool for the American Army than America's Army? Well, it is in the, in the fact that it's uh, you know it very much plays up patriotism and and and, and whatever, um, and the fact that the army you know itself as a brand is not attached to the name, which I mean it seems like it it should it should be the other way around you know if something is if something is attached to, um, as a brand then it would be better it would be a, the better recruiting tool but it's actually the I, I think it's the opposite way. Although I, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't play Call of Duty and, and, and necessarily think that I should go enlist or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly the better, I mean, Call of Duty is certainly the better game. I mean, if you just want to look at it like that, but yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's kind of disingenuous to think that a game of that nature from the start could be used as a, a recruiting tool with the sole exception of America's Army. I mean, I don't think that Modern Warfare really, you know, there's no button to, uh, send your email address to their local recruiting office or anything like that. So, I mean, they're kind of free of that responsibility. Uh, I, I don't think shooters in general are, are recruitment tools, like I said, with, except for the fact of uh, America's Army existing. But, I mean, it's the same for any other type of media, though. I mean, any, any media that has the American flag or whatever flag of country that you're recruiting for, uh, you know, you, like, like Steve said, you play off the emotions, you, you try to get people to do what you want to do. But in this particular case... Uh, if you want to talk about graphics and gameplay, sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to try to recruit people, Modern Warfare would be a better way to go just because the multiplayer's better or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it, it, on, on the whole, no, I don't think it's a recruiting tool, no. <laughs> okay. I think I may have made my, my views unsusly clear. Um, so, <laughs> to, 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 to really close this off, final question. If you guys had the, for whatever reason, Infinity Ward, Activision, are listening to you, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, what, what would be the direction you'd want to take this series in? Uh, let's go to, to Steve first. Um, I would just say, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, that, that Infinity Ward has done things with topical issues in both Modern Warfare games, whether it's a selling point or whether they're actually trying to do something with it. But if they are actually trying to do something with it, then I would say they should man up and do it. You know, Call of Duty 3 could be, or Modern Warfare 3 rather, could be, um, could be really, it could be really interesting. I mean, who knows what the political climate's going to be like in a couple of years. Uh, and um, they could, they could really try to deliver an, an experience that says something about, about modern, modern uh, armed conflict. And I think that would be really interesting. But, I also think that it probably won't happen. <laughs> Fair enough. How about yourself, Brad? Oh, this is an entirely too agreeable podcast because what Steve said, I would say the exact same thing. <laughs> if you're going to, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like they should just drop the single player and just put out a multiplayer only product because that's really where it seems most of the action is. But 
That said, if they really do insist on uh, continuing to tap uh, modern headlines uh, for the substance of their next game, I would say, you know, just like Steve said, if you're going to do it, please do it well. I mean, don't don't uh, take shortcuts. Don't let people cringe away from parts that might be difficult to see. If you're really going to tackle this content, tackle it. Make a statement, be bold, and put yourself out there and, and go for it. Uh, but if you're not going to do it, then just stop. You know, I, I, I don't want to see them pussyfoot around uh, these these topical issues anymore. Right. Uh, hmm. I, 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 can I jump in for one go second? For it, would go you? For it. <laughs> I don't mean to. De- I don't mean to derail the whole topic, but since we've spent so much time talking about a game, which I think we can kind of say uh, perhaps was not so successful in delivering its uh, potential political message, I just wanted to really quickly name check um, Freedom Fighters for the PS2 or Xbox. I don't know if either one of you have played Freedom Fighters, which was put out by uh, IO Interactive. Uh, the people behind Hitman, but that was a game that I felt was really, really successful in delivering a very subversive political message. And the odd thing about that game was, as successful as it was in delivering the message, nobody seemed to really get that there was even a message delivered. It was very interesting in that uh, this was a game, if you guys remember or not, where where foreign powers were invading the U.S., uh, taking over the territory, subjugating, you know, annexing, uh, you know, familiar territory for us. And so there's a, a regular United States citizen who takes up arms to take the country back. But the really interesting thing was that when you heard uh, cutscenes with the evil empire talking about what they were doing, uh, some of those scripts were taken word for word from speeches that George Bush gave. Uh, so when the Bush regime was actually still going on, that game came out. And in portraying these statements as those of the evil empire, I mean, I thought that was a pretty powerful commentary on political uh, motivations at the time. Um, I was actually really stunned. I mean, especially so since the player was put in the role of being a terrorist. It really showed the dichotomy or, or, or the lack thereof of being a terrorist as opposed to a freedom fighter. So there was many multiple levels of political commentary going on, which I thought was really bold, really daring, and really well done. And yet nobody in the world noticed. Uh, I think I was probably the only person <laughs> who even noticed that was going on. Uh, so if anybody out there listening wants a, a good example of political commentary that can mesh with a really well done game, my vote would be for Freedom Fighters. Did you get to play it, Steve? Uh, no, I, I didn't get to play it, but now I'm actually going to track it down because that sounds really interesting. I Personally, I love it when I when I stumble upon um, social or political, mostly social. I've never really stumbled on political commentary, but in, in video games because it happens so rarely, and when it does, you're just like, wow, someone actually put some real thought into this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check that out now. It sounds really cool. Absolutely, yeah. I must admit, for my sins, I've, I did not play it. But I tell you what, Brad, I will. We're doing a, a cop mode episode next week where me and Joe talk about the games that we've been playing over the last few weeks. I will play Freedom Fighters between now and then on PS2. Did you say? PS2 and the original Xbox. The original Xbox. I will track it down. I might not get it for, the, for next week, but I will have it for a cop mode soon, and uh, I will certainly give my views. But no, I, I mean, there are there are plenty of examples of games that. Maybe not necessarily, like Steve said, do political commentary, but have social commentary and have statements and meaning. Um, I, I guess maybe what we've drawn from today's discussion is that maybe it is too much to expect Call of Duty to to make the same statements, and to, or at least to make them well, uh, and to make them <laughs> effective. Um, but uh, I'm not sure, at least from my standpoint, that I, that, that excuses... Right, uh, I think we will draw things to a close there. So, 
guys, I would like to thank you very much for coming on today and uh, uh, giving up your uh, late last few stages of your weekend <laughs> before the long week begins. So thank you so much. And uh, it would only be right if you would plug the fantastic sites that you write your content on. So I will go to Steve first. Steve, please tell us all about where you work and what you do. Well, Sinan, I uh, am a writer for Play Magazine, so I write. <laughs> so I, so I, so I do stuff for print and online uh, for them. And I've also recently uh, picked up some freelance gigs at uh, Atomic Gamer, and uh, Cheat Code Central, and uh, GamesAbyss.com. So that's uh, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Mostly mostly just reviews, but also like features and you know all this other stuff. Very cool. Um, I just saw. A, it was a review of Demon Souls that you put up on Games Abyss. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll link to that in the show. People should check it out. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on, Steve. Pleasure to have you on again. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much, Sinan. I, I, uh, I appreciate you having me. And as always, it was, it was a pleasure. Fantastic, Brad. Uh, hundreds of millions of things that you do. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> um, game critics, tell us all about your your work. Oh, sure, yeah. I've been at Game Critics for the last uh, decade. Uh, sounds kind of funny to say that, but it has been a full 10 years, uh, and I've been the uh, senior editor there, uh, also the reviews editor. So uh, we do uh, lots of uh, games reviews. With We try to add a little social commentary in there a little bit when we can, so uh, please come by and check us out. Also, I do regularly blog at my own personal blog, uh, which is uh, drinkingcoffeecola.blogspot.com. Um, I talk mostly about games, but I do talk about other things too, personal life and uh, fiction writing and all kinds of assorted doodads. So please come check it out if you get the chance. Fantastic stuff. And you're also part of, not, not necessarily regular, but a part of the Game Critics podcast. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We do actually do a podcast about once every two weeks or so. And uh, we try to make it a good mix of entertaining and enlightening. Uh, we may not always succeed, but we really do try. So uh, <laughs> I do invite any uh, Big Red Potion listeners to come on over. Don't stop listening to, to BRP by any means, but if you have an extra <laughs> hour or two, see if you can work us into your schedule. Very diplomatic of you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. It has it really been very enjoyable. I feel very honored to be here. So thanks very much. Um, okay, uh, just to say before we go, Joe, if you're listening, looking forward to having you back on next week, buddy. Uh, I hope things calm down for you. Uh, we've got a lot of content going up on the Big Red Potion site, bigredpotion.com. Uh, I'll be doing a few freelance things over the next week, so I might start plugging them on Twitter. So anyone who's on my Twitter feed, uh, apologies in advance for the stuff I'm going to assault you with um, otherwise we will see you next week for a cop mode and uh, then we will have a few exciting shows leading to the end of the year.